Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, GidMK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this episode, I'm diving back into the meaty world of nutritional epidemiology. Let's hope I get out alive. According to the news, anyone who enjoys steak is in for a rough ride. Not only is a French fillet expensive, it might also be driving you towards an early grave. Recent headlines have proclaimed that red and processed meat are not just good paired with a nice Merlot, they might be killing us all. Except, it's a bit more complicated than that. The headlines, as ever, have not failed to disappoint. I always try hard to pick the best slash worst of them, but a few that really got my goat, so to speak, were the Independent, with Eating red meat three times a week increases risk of early death by 10%, research suggests. The Daily Mail, who went with Swapping just one portion of red meat a day, such as a steak for a fillet of fish, cuts your risk of an early death by 17%. And the Evening Standard, who led with Red and processed meat can shorten your life expectancy, scientists warn. It was enough to put me off my lamb cutlets. All of this news is based on a new study in the world-renowned British Medical Journal, or the BMJ, famous for both its high impact factor and almost dirty acronym. The study is titled Association of Changes in Red Meat Consumption with Total and Cause-Specific Mortality Among US Men and Women, Two Prospective Cohort Studies, and looked at what happened to two large groups of people who changed their red and processed meat consumption over the course of several decades. But, as ever, the reporting had some holes. So let's take a look at what the science actually says. The new study is what's known as a prospective cohort study, and is based on two very well-known prospective cohorts, the Nurses Health Study and the Health Professionals Follow-Up Study from the US. What this kind of study does is get people to fill out very detailed questionnaires about their lives at the start, uh, which is often quite some time ago, and then at pre-specified cutoffs from then on in. In this case, about every four years. These people also often get blood tests and other investigations like scans, x-rays, and then after long periods of time, the researchers follow up the participants to see what's happened to them. In this case, the researchers split the people up into groups depending on how their intake of red meat had changed over the course of the preceding eight years, and then looked from there forward another eight years. So what I mean by that is that they looked at everyone based on the change in their red meat consumption, not based on how much they actually ate. So in this study, someone who ate one serving of red meat per week and and reduced that to none, and someone who ate 10 servings and reduced that to 9 servings, would look exactly the same because they've both reduced their intake of red meat by one serving a week. So at the end of the study period, which remember eight years from the initial point that the researchers started looking at, the researchers then compared the groups of people who had changed their red meat consumption, either reducing it, staying the same, or increasing it, on all-cause mortality, which means death for any reason. They also looked at deaths for a variety of specific reasons, like heart disease and cancer. 
they found that people who increased their red meat consumption over the course of the study, and this is compared to people who did not change their red meat consumption at all, had an increased risk of dying. However, they didn't see a decreased risk of dying in people who reduced their intake of red meat. So basically what this means is that there was a roughly 10% increase in risk, um, a, a relative increase in risk from eating about four portions of uh, meat, red meat per week. But if you looked at the people who reduced their intake of red meat by four portions, you didn't see any difference or any statistically significant difference with the people who kept their red meat the same. So basically, people who ate more red meat were less healthy, but people who ate less red meat compared to the amount that they ate at the start of the study didn't see any benefit. The risk increase that the study found was pretty small. So people who ate four more servings of red meat a week or roughly two small steaks were at a higher 10% high risk of dying from any cause at the end of the study. Based on this, we have a slew of headlines telling people that eating red meat is almost as bad as standing under a poorly secured anvil, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. But before you balk in terror from your cheeseburger, there are a few major holes in the reporting on this study. Big, big thing, the thing that I always harp on about, was that the absolute risk increase seen in this study was very, very small. The relative risk of dying was a 10% increase, but the absolute risk increase for people who ate those two extra steaks per week was only about 0.1% per year. In other words, if 1,000 people decided to eat an extra 100 or so steaks a year for 10 years, about 10 more of them would die than in the group of people who did not eat more steaks. That's a lot less scary than the headline said, I think. There were some other big issues with this study, or at least with how it was reported. With large epidemiological studies like this, you always have to control for confounding factors. I talk about this almost every podcast. Confounders are the bread and butter of the epidemiological world. They are things that can cause both your outcome of interest, death in this case, and your exposure, red meat. So for example, if booze makes you eat more meat and also kills you, you have to control for this factor, otherwise it will skew the eventual analysis. In this case, the study controlled for lots of medical things that might influence death, like smoking, alcohol intake, blood, BMI, blood pressure, and similar, but didn't do much to control for social factors at all. This is a problem because we know that death, in particular cardiovascular and cancer death, are very strongly linked to society. People who are more disadvantaged, poorer, at risk of racism and sexism, are much more likely to die from things like heart attacks and lung cancer, and are far more likely to have diabetes than people who are less disadvantaged. Being rich, unfortunately, is one of the most effective health interventions that we know. And in this study, there was virtually no control at all for any social factors. The only re thing that the researchers did was control for race, splitting it into either white or other, which is a big problem for inferring causality. It's very likely that the results were influenced by social factors that the researchers either did not measure or could not control for, 
which makes it much harder to know if their findings are accurate. It might be that poor people are more likely to eat red meat, especially processed red meat, and that this is the main reason that people who eat more red meat die more often in the study. It might not be the reason, but it's impossible to know without at least adding that into the analysis. Now, the, studies, the study authors did justify this by noting that both of these studies are very homogenous populations, but that doesn't fully get rid of the problem. So what they meant by that is that both studies mostly included rich white people. The nurses study was obviously on nurses, and health professionals study included mostly doctors, and these were both run in the US. When recruitment started, the population of the studies was not enormously diverse. The thing is that even within these relatively privileged groups, there is a lot of variation in social status. Nurses in particular can have very variable incomes depending on a lot of factors like unionization. It's also worth noting that this is another major flaw in the study. What we can say from this research is that increasing red meat intake in affluent white people appears to be associated with an increased risk of mortality, but that's a far cry from the red meat will kill you headlines. In fact, as the authors note, similar research in other countries has not seen the same increased risk. A Japanese study found that red meat intake had no association with death. It might just be that American health professionals should cut back on the steak, because it's quite hard to transfer these results to other very different populations. If you only study rich white people, then your results might only be meaningful to rich white people. In reality, the most you can take away from this study is that people who increase their consumption of red meat are more likely to die than people who don't. Is that because of the red meat or something else? It's very hard to say. So, the headlines were wrong. There's currently mixed evidence about whether red meat is bad for your health, although it is worth noting that the evidence for processed meats like bacon is much stronger. It's possible that cutting back on these foods would improve your health, but this study didn't show anything of the sort. Remember, people who reduced their intake of red meat did not see a benefit in this study overall. So all we can say is that people who eat more than the average of red meat that was seen in this study over the course of eight years have worse health, which is not quite the same as the headline said. And the brings us back to the problem with these nutritional epidemiological studies. They are inherently very difficult to interpret. What we eat is a function of more than just what we put into our mouths. Food is lifestyle, food is friends, food is family. You can't just separate out one type of food and point to it as a definite risk, because food is never isolated from the rest of your life. If I cut red meat from my diet, I'd probably have to change how I shopped, the restaurants I go to, maybe even the friends I see. Every time I see a study like this, I heave a pretty big sigh, because I think it's just unlikely that you can easily pick out a specific food or food type and say, that's the problem. This study, like most of these large epidemiological studies, was well done, but ultimately, without being an expert in epidemiology, it's quite hard to interpret what they actually mean. 
It's much more likely that what's happening is very complex and that the food itself is more a symptom of a broader social paradigm than anything else. Even in this study, it's impossible to exclude the possibility that the people who ate more red meat did so because they were diagnosed with cancer or heart disease and were trying to lose weight as part of a diet plan. Lots of diets these days include increased amounts of meat, which would then explain why people who ate more meat died more often. They were less healthy to begin with. And even if we take the results at face value, the meaning to an individual is not that significant. To a public health scientist like me, an increase of 0.1% in deaths from all causes is enormous, because multiplied by the total population, that's a lot of people. An increase of 0.1% in 300 million people in the US is enormous. But to an individual, it's hard to say if it means anything at all. If you're worried about your diet, see a dietitian. They spend years at university learning about diet and nutrition and can give you good, personalised advice on what might be good for you. Just don't worry too much about the media fluff because it probably doesn't have much to do with your life at all. If you see silly headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also now follow the podcast on Twitter at SensiPod. I'm your host, GitMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GitMK or Medium at GitMK or Facebook at GitMK Health Nerd. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. Mm-hmm.